Hello, thank you for visiting the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, feel free to visit our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And now here is this week's message. And this morning we have Labriska Ingalls. Uh, go ahead and come and get set up, Brie. I call her Brie. <laughs> you can too. Now, for some of you, you may not know, mamas and papas, you probably know, but um, Bri- uh, Labriska and her husband, Brian, uh, run the family ministries here at the Vineyard and are they oversee the kids' wing. So if you've been checking your kids in or if their ki- your kids are in kids' band or something like that, then they've come in contact with Labriska, which is a very good thing. But some of you may not know that. Bree and Brian have been with us for a while, and Bree's been with us for a long time. And I've known Labriska since 1998. And um, that's been a long time. We were in college together. And uh, and I also know, in addition to, to knowing Brie for this portion of our lives, she... She has been a woman that has sought the heart of God, okay? She really has. And she has taught me so much about how to go about doing that. And um, even back when quiet time, if you didn't do that, it made God mad. Like she was doing that. And she was she was spending time with the Lord and spending time in the Word. And um, But God's not mad. If you're <laughs> but anyway, um, I do also know that Bree has been a part of the church for her since she was in the womb. And, uh, and so I know that the Lord speaks to her and I know she hears his voice and I know she has a word for us this morning. So we bless you, Brie, and we release you to share with us. Yeah. Thanks, Annie. (laughs) Oh, hi. Uh, I, just for those of you who didn't don't know me, I was here in 2002 and quickly became the, in the, at the vineyard and I became the children's pastor, the first children's pastor here, and then moved away uh, seven years ago to get married and produce my own children's ministry, <laughs> my three babies. And then the Lord brought us back here and now we're doing the same thing and it's really, really exciting and I'm happy to be here with you all. And today is my birthday. <laughs> I'm 37 years old. And I'm very uh, proud to be 37 years old. And I thought it was really uh, like a special gift for my birthday to be asked to speak about a long obedience in the same direction. And that comes from uh, this book here. This is where this started. And this is a good book. I would highly recommend it. It's easy reading. I've been reading while my kids are on the playground. It's not that difficult. So grab it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to share about following Jesus a long time. I'm 37 years old, but I met Jesus 31 years ago. So three decades of Jesus and me, and, um, it gets sweeter and sweeter as, as the years go by. And, uh, yeah, I've been really reflecting on like how good the Lord's been to me and how I got to where I am and how I've become the person I am. And so that's why this is a special gift on my birthday. I want to remind you all of what we've studied in this series so far. Uh, Ray Roberts started us on this journey uh, talking about Abraham. And he said, these are, the, these are the three points that I liked the most about his sermon. It may not have really reflected what his sermon meant. But <laughs> he said, just like Abraham, we ha- all have a genealogy but we are all not locked into our father's sins. 
And he said, we need a reference point for the future in order to keep going the long distance. And then he asked each of us to commit to say, I'm going to plow a long row. And then Adam came in last week and talked about Daniel. And he said, Daniel was faithful even while living in an evil culture. So you don't have to have it all good to follow Jesus. And then a life of prayer is a sustaining force that prepares us for difficulty. So who you are in the quiet prayer time of your life prepares you for whatever may come your way. And then an obedient life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's, it's a long journey in the same direction. And today, I, I want to talk about uh, two things that I feel like have been the biggest part of me following Jesus for a long time. And it's, it's community and encounter. And both of those things uh, go together. They work together. In, in my life, I have been really blessed to come from a, uh, a long family history of following Jesus. And my, in my, I think my mom and I counted up 11 pastors in my past two generations. Um, and then that doesn't count because women weren't allowed to do any of that stuff. So I got prayer warriors and Sunday school teachers and worship pastors and all of these people, lots and lots of people in my heritage that have followed Jesus. And you better believe that has something to do with me. You know, I think I've worked with Muslims before and I thought, well, if I was born Muslim, who would I be right now? Would I have found Jesus? I don't know that because I was blessed with this huge family history with Jesus. And I was taught to love Jesus. I was in a Baptist church all my my life and we were, the scripture was poured into us. I memorized it. I studied it. I studied it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and my parents read it throughout the week and we listened to worship music all the time. So I was consumed with being taught about Jesus and what a gift. I don't know who I would be without that community. And As I got older, you know that you get a choice, right? You get a choice. Do you want to stay in this community that you've been given? Or do you want to choose your own way? Everybody gets the choice. Is that this? Sorry. Um... Sorry, guys. All right. So as I became a teenager, I chose to continue to go in this path that my family set me in. I, I chose to be in youth group. I chose to go on mission trips. I got, when I got to college, I chose friends like Hannah and Sarah and uh, lots of great friends who also had had a similar background to mine. And they wanted to be near Jesus and they wanted that. That's what I chose. I chose to continue in that community. And I had BSU and I had several churches. I've had three churches in my life and they've all been super excellent churches. And this is one of them. And in this rich heritage, I had Ray Hollenbach and Adam and Ray Roberts and Ann Tucker and Diane Salmon and so many others that invested in my life. Judy Harrison, so many, so many people. So what I'm saying here is I am not me just by me. I can be uh, cocky and say, well, it's just because it's the choices I made. That's why I'm so great. (laughs) I chose good. (laughs) But that's not true. A lot of it is how I've been surrounded by 
amazing community, some that I was given and some that I chose. Community is important. But it's not the only thing. The other thing, the other side of this coin is there's encounter. You can't just go to church and be surrounded by great people and that, and then everything works out great. You have to have some encounter with Jesus yourself. And I have a funny story about encounter because in the charismatic circles, if you think about encounter, you think of this story. There was, I was a traveling Southern gospel singer. all of my life and we would go I was Baptist but we would go to lots of different kinds of churches so I was familiar with other like streams Uh, but not everybody was so somebody was with us at a southern gospel singing in a church that was more charismatic and someone was slain in the spirit on the stage and if you don't know what that means that's okay so they were passed out under the power of the Holy Spirit And one of our older friends didn't know what was happening. Like, what is that? And he wanted to go. Like, church is over and he's laying there. And so he goes up to him and he says, Joe, can you hear me? If you can hear me, we're going to the Shoney's. This is what some people think of when they hear the word encounter. Some dramatic experience with God. (laughs) and I have had those. I have had some pretty dramatic experiences with God. Um, my, one of my favorites, I was in Jerusalem overlooking the city of, uh, Bethlehem, very picturesque moment here, true story. And Heidi Baker, one of the most famous missionaries who I wanted to be just like, uh, was speaking. And I knew I'm not one who goes to get everybody's autograph. I've never been that that girl, but I had to get to this woman. <laughs> I had to get her to pray over me or something, bless me, touch me. I don't know. I needed to know her. So I'm chasing her through people, crowds of people, and she has security around her. Okay. So they're like, she's busy. Get away. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had to get near. And so I'm yelling at her, Hey, Heidi, I need you to pray for me. And she turns around, and I do not remember anything else. She touched me to pray for me. I know she prayed over me, but I felt like some sort of lightning or electricity hit me, and I flew back onto my back and shook like this. And she, I know she put her, the only thing I know is that she put her hand on my belly, and she was praying over motherhood for me, and, and not just physical babies, but like spiritual babies and spiritual children and and so I shook and shook and shook and I was in the literally in the dirt because it was outside and there were these little uh balls pebbles of something that had uh spikes all over them so I was shaking on those and getting all kinds of little scars (laughs) but but I got my friend got me up and and took me on a bus back to um our hotel and I was still I had to lay down I was still vibrating for hours. And I don't know what all happened in that encounter with God, but something really did because I didn't fake that. (laughs) I felt it. And I have had big encounters like that with God. But those things, those encounters are not what sustained me on the long journey. They They give me taste to keep me going, yes. 
But what sustained me were those little touches from God that all of us have experienced when you read the Bible and something when you feel the touch of God or you're doing the dishes and the presence of God fills you with peace or you're um, talking to a friend and they give you a hug and you feel God. Those touches, they happen more often and that's what has sustained me, the long journey. There, there can be years that go by without those dramatic lightning bolt feelings of encounter, but, but those small touches can happen Daily or weekly, but they happen often. And uh, your first encounter with God is when you meet him. And even at just a decision to follow Jesus is an encounter with God. So I want to talk about Mary, the Holy Mother, and Mary's story. And we want to read that from Luke 1, 26 through 38. It is not Christmas, but we will read it anyways. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So I want to talk about Mary and how she experienced community and encounter. And Mary is the most talked about woman in the New Testament. There are tons of scriptures about her, and I had a lot of fun researching her this week. More than just this first encounter that we know of with God. Um, she had a long obedience. A long time we know Mary was with Jesus. And a lot of opposition came and she stuck with Jesus. So let's talk about the community that Mary had. Mary was from a small village called Nazareth. And she was from a long lineage of King David. She was a good Jewish girl. We know that because she was called a young virgin. We know where she was from. We know that she was surrounded by the traditions of the Jewish culture. She would have gone to feast and she would have um, prayed in the synagogue. She would have participated in what her family culture had taught her about God. She was a good girl surrounded by people following, trying to follow God. But she also had Joseph. 
It was Joseph became her partner in crime, really. She was betrothed to him, which may suggest that it wasn't really her choice who she married. But he became the guy because of the dream he had telling him to that Jesus was really the son of God in Mary's womb because they were both having this encounter with God. They became partners together and they were community. And then God was kind enough to give Elizabeth a miracle baby and speak to them in a special way so that there was like a community of at least four who really knew what was happening in, in a time when probably most people looked at Mary as a liar slut even they probably were like that girl who sleeps around and and yet there was a community of four that's all it took they knew together that this was true what god was doing this promise from god mary also had encounter she had like in this scripture she had angelic visitation i mean how many of us have had a physical angel come to us that's a big one That's one of the big gifts, the big encounters. And Mary conceived supernaturally. It says the Holy Spirit came on her or overshadowed her. And we don't know what that looked like. But maybe it looked like her shaking on the ground like me. I don't know. Maybe it was simple, a simple touch. She felt just peace. I don't know. But she had some encounter with God and she knew that and kept that in her heart that God touched her. That was her encounter. But there was also this importance of her committing to God. Because she says, let it be to me as you have said. And that suggests she had a choice. Maybe she didn't have to commit to this idea. But she did. And she committed long term because we're going to walk through all the things that happened to her. And she remembered this encounter. It was important. But you need more than just the initial encounter because, as we all know, life happens and you forget. We forget things that happen to us. We forget the touches from God sometimes. And there are some scriptures that you could argue and say that Mary forgot, maybe. There's a scripture that says that Jesus looked at her and said, uh, don't you know who I am? I have to be about my father's business. This is when he was 12 years old, left behind at the temple. And she's like, what are you doing? And he says, remember, remember, mom, remember who I am. That does that suggest she forgot? I don't know. I'm sure she didn't forget, but it's good to be reminded with those little touches, those little memories. And Mary I said earlier, people probably didn't believe her. These are the oppositions that Mary faced. She, people probably didn't believe her that she had immaculately con- conceived the Son of God. And then there was the whole fact that Jesus is born in a barn. She's been promised this holy Son of God coming into the world. And he's going to be the Savior of all the world. And maybe she thought that meant, you know, this kingly amazing thing was happening and yet she's giving birth and no one will let her find a place to lay down and give birth so did she wonder what what in the world is happening where is this promise coming true when is this promise coming true 
And then Mary and Joseph had to escape a murderous king who wanted to kill baby Jesus. They had to like get out of the country. So they become foreigners and they are having to escape from murder. What happened? You know, a mom. Think about a mom and how uh, worried I get about little things like, oh, no, my kid has an ear infection. Oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? And we worry about the smallest things. And here's this guy trying to kill your baby. This is a big deal. And yet she's holding on to this promise of who Jesus is going to be. And then Mary experiences 30 years of seemingly nothing happening. This kid is growing up. He's getting all the way to age 30, and it's like, we don't know what's happening, but do, does she know that her promises are going to be fulfilled? Does she forget what the promise was? Does she have touches from God to remind her? We don't know. But we know there was 30 years of nothing. And then Mary had, I, I really didn't know this, but Mary had five sons, including Jesus. And then daughters are mentioned, but that doesn't say how many daughters. So we know she has at least seven kids. And she's probably widowed because we don't hear any more about Joseph after the temple. So you think about just life with a ton of kids and you're widowed in a time when uh, there's a tumultuous time where there's lots of war going on. And and you think about just the struggle of life and this promise that she was given 30 years ago is still not evident. It's still not happening. And then even when Jesus starts performing miracles, and she, she is there for some of them, and she is traveling with him and the disciples at some points. But she's concerned because people are rejecting him. I mean, she's like, well, but he's the son of God. He came to save the world. But all these people don't believe it. She knows it. But she doesn't know how to help Jesus, her son. Think about your kid. You send your kid off. You've raised them and you send them off and then everyone is rejecting them. That pain, that pain to watch them be rejected, to be ridiculed, to know in your heart who they are supposed to be, the promise that God gave you. And yet, even in the time when Jesus is performing miracles, people are angry and rejecting him. And then Mary's concerned for Jesus' safety. I mean, she watches him die on a cross what the, watching a person die on a cross altogether bad watching your child die in any sort of situation seems like it would crush you to the point that you wouldn't move anymore it would be like i'm done it looked like for all she knew it looked like all the promise was gone what happened what happened god what happened to this promise you gave me he was supposed to save the world and they killed him and so she knew Nothing. She didn't know how he was going to be resurrected or what would happen next. But she did. She did get to see him or know of him being resurrected, we know at least. Because it says in Acts 1 that she was among the disciples after the ascension, probably on the day of Pentecost. So she did get to see her promise fulfilled. And she continued to choose to walk in a community of faith. She was chosen... In the beginning, to follow Jesus in this community she was put in. But then at some point it turns and she has to choose how she's going to believe and if she's going to continue in this community of faith. So 
we need, just like Mary had encounter with God and community, some community that she was put in and some community that she chose. We need both. We need, we need encounter from God. And we need community. So you may be thinking, well, that's great. You, you had a great mom and dad and you got to go to church and you had it easy, Bree. And so that's great for you, but my story is different and my dad hit me or my mom was an alcoholic or we never went to church. I just found out about church or found out about God. And so you're wondering, maybe you're wondering, what does this, how am I supposed to make it if I didn't have that same story? But the good part is that when Jesus died, he gave blood so we could be a part of his bloodline. So all of the decisions that my grandparents and parents have made have passed on blessings from generation to generation that I have been blessed to receive. But you, all of us, no matter our story, no matter our community, we also get to grab hold of that bloodline of Jesus and receive the blessing from the many generations before us. We get to walk in that same blessing. We get to choose from this point on what community we want to be in. But we need it. We, if you want to be with Jesus in the long haul, you need community. You need to be choosing to be around people that are also pursuing Jesus. We need it. We can't be, a uh, common phrase around here is a, a lone ranger. If you're a lone ranger in, in your faith, then not only can you become kind of weird, but, but you're missing out on the, this family bloodline that we all carry together. The heritage that even this, just this church alone can, can give you, can walk in that inheritance with us, even if it's your first day here. Uh, you can walk in the, her- in the inheritance that Jesus bought for you that is many, many generations long. My granny always said, you are the company you keep. And uh, it's true. Who you surround yourself with changes and, and can either set you on a good course or drag you down. So you are the community you choose from this point on. And for those of us who've had, there's lots of us here who've had huge, amazing inheritance, heritage. And, and like me, gosh, what, how thankful. So thankful. So thankful for where the Lord's put me. Oh, and encounter. What's your story? Like, how, when did you meet Jesus? Have you, have you met Jesus? Have you ever had any encounter with God and you may say no I haven't and that's great because today you can you can now and you may say yes but it's been 30 years and that's okay because Mary probably went like 30 years from her encounter to find finally seeing her promise fulfilled it's okay if it's been a long time because today you can encounter God We need a wave after wave of the Holy Spirit to sustain us the long haul. We need him. So let's let's ask. Let's ask God for a fresh encounter, a a fresh touch. If I I can ask you guys to stand 
We're going to ask him to come and fill us up with a, or knock us over with a wave of his presence. Can I ask the ministry team to come on forward so that you're ready? Jesus, we thank you for the community you've put us in. The community that we've chosen, this community of faith, thank you for this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for buying us back. We were like orphans. And then Jesus gave his blood so that we could be a part of his bloodline. You bought us. Holy Spirit, we ask for a a new wave, a fresh encounter with you. Remind us of the promises that you've given us. Bring those promises to the forefront of our mind and speak to our hearts about just sustain us. I don't know when your promise is coming. But I know that he will sustain you until the fulfillment of that promise. Wave after wave. We're just going to wait here for just a minute. If you need a a fresh encounter with Jesus, you can come up after the service and get prayer from our ministry team. If you've grown weary and waiting for a promise from God, or if you've never received a promise from God, these guys can pray for you. And if uh, you need to choose a different company to keep, a a new community of sorts, these guys... I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for encounter and community. Bless you guys. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast at the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening here at the Vineyard, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace to you.